You are listening to the Kensington Church Podcast, recorded live in Michigan. To learn more about Kensington, visit kensingtonchurch.org. Good morning, Kensington. Go ahead, stand to your feet this morning, put your hands together as we worship our King this morning. I was buried beneath my shame. If you know it, sing it out.
Goodness gracious. Those two songs back to back, it's like a workout, man. <laughs> it is good to see you guys. Go ahead and have a seat and take a look at this video. My name is Drew. We're so excited that you're here. So I have a question for you. What are you looking forward to? If you're like me, having something special on the calendar keeps me motivated and positive. Probably goes for your student too. So do you wanna make this fall a memorable one? Feel refreshed, make some memories, wanna get away from the day-to-day -day stressors of life? Well, Kensington has several fall retreats coming up and I wanna tell you about two of them specifically designed for your students and for young adults. So if you have or are a student in grades six through 12, consider this your invitation to our annual wild retreat at Spring Hill Camps on October 21st through the 23rd. There will be wild, sometimes even ridiculous, games and activities, plus the normal fun things like rock climbing, horseback riding, and zip lining. Our leaders will share stories and teachings about Jesus that are relevant and inspiring, and there'll be some incredible music, and students will connect with friends and leaders and just have a blast. So give your students something to look forward to and register now at kensingtonchurch.org wild. And now, as the Young Adults Director, I would like to personally invite you to my retreat. Well, it's not mine, but I'm going. But young adults ages 18 through 29 are invited to join me for RISE, a weekend away at Spring Hill Camps on November 11th through the 13th. And this is an open invitation, so consider inviting your skeptical friend. So whether you're a part of Kensington or not, whether you're a follower of Jesus or still curious, come explore the Christian faith, make authentic friendships, enjoy the great outdoors, have meaningful conversations, and just hang out with us. Register now at kensingtonchurch.org rise. This is something on your calendar that you get to look forward to. And now back to our service. We're in week two of our series, Growing. Thanks for being here today. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are we doing today, Orion? Yeah, doing all right? I want to welcome those of you who are joining us online. You've tuned into the Orion campus. Super glad that you guys are here with us today. Now, I just, uh, I'm, I'm fresh out of Spring Hill as well. You know, he was talking about the, uh, the wild retreat that's happening in a few weeks up there. I just got back from man camp. I, I left last night, got back in the middle of the night, rocking the t-shirt. Listen, those of you dudes who did not go to man camp this year, you missed it. This was my first time. It was absolutely incredible. Those of you who have been in the past, I just got a text message from uh, Craig McGlasson that said Orion is bringing home the man cup this year. So that's exciting. No, not exciting. I guess all the dudes that would be excited about that are at man camp, huh? So this is an irrelevant uh, announcement. Well, either way, they're all super excited. So if you, and they're all like, boo, don't care. That's great. Listen, we do have a bunch of things coming up, and so I just want to take a few minutes and tell you about them. But before I do, I want to take the opportunity to thank those of you who have continued to partner with us through your generosity. You know, every single week we make it a point to take a break and just honor those of you who have partnered with us through your giving. It's because of your giving that we're able to do anything and everything that we do here at Kensington, whether it be local through our Move Out Networks or, or globally or in our church planning department. We just want to thank you guys and give you the opportunity to join with us. And so there will be a slide that comes up that shows us all the ways. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's how you can give right there. No, that's not the right slide. That's the right slide. So you can give online at kensingtonchurch.org slash giving. You can give in the app. You can text to give. Or there's boxes in the back. And by popular demand, we have these buckets that are going to come through. And you can just drop some in there. So you put it down one side, go to the row behind you, 
send it back to the original side and the ushers will come by and grab it. But while they're doing that, I want to take an opportunity and tell you about all the awesome stuff that's happening around here. Now, Wild Retreat is happening October 21st through 23rd. If you have a middle schooler or a high schooler in your life, they need to be at the Wild Retreat. I have a middle schooler named Jude sitting over here in the second row who's going to be super embarrassed that I'm pointing him out. But he's going to be, Jude, wave your hand. Let everybody know that you're going to be there. Jude's going to be there wanting to hang out with you. I'm actually going to be there. I get to speak that weekend, so it's going to be a party. We're going to have a great time. And it's up at Spring Hill, so make sure if you want to go, you have a middle schooler or high schooler, scan that code and get them signed up because it's going to be absolutely incredible. Also coming up for our students on November 5th is our Rake and Run. I'm going to tell you all about it. Ready? It's a Rake and Run. So make sure you sign up, okay? It's going to be awesome. They go and they rake people's leaves, and it's a good time, and they party and have fun. So scan the QR code for that to get signed up. Now, on November 4th, we're actually doing something awesome for our couples. How many of you need a date night? Can I get an amen? What? How are you guys getting so many date nights, okay? How many of you need a date, date night? Let me hear you. Okay, I heard like six ladies clap their hands, and that's it. What's the deal? So you guys are just dating like crazy. Good for you. Well done. I guess, I guess this is Dave Wilson's old campus, right? He did like the marriage stuff all the time. So that makes sense. Perfect. Well, anyway, we're having a date night that evidently none of you need. On November 4th at 6.30 to 9 o'clock, my wife and I are going to be there hosting. My wife is in the building. Say, hey, Amber. She hates that worse than my son, Jude. So... We're going to be there. We're going to be hosting, and it's going to be a great night. We're going to encourage you. There's child care. It's a date night here at Orion, and so we want to invite you to join us for that as well. Now, I have two more things. Is this the most announcements you've ever heard on a Sunday morning? I feel like I'm preaching a sermon in the form of announcements right now. It's crazy. Two more things, and these are super, super important, okay? October 12th. Say October 12th. October 12th, if you are on a serve team here at Kensington at the Lake Orient campus, we want you to be here October 12th, okay? This is our base camp. This is an opportunity for us to celebrate you, for us to encourage you, and for us to kind of get rallied together to jump into the fall of our ministry season, okay? And so October 12th here, scan that QR code to get signed up to let us know you're coming. It's from 6.30 to 8.30, and it's an opportunity. We're going to have dinner. We're going to eat. We're going to hang out. We're going to have some fun. We're going to get to know each other a little bit, and we're going to kind of celebrate what's happened this past year and cast vision for what's moving forward and sort of rally our teams. So if you serve on a Sunday morning, if you serve in a Move Out Network, if you serve at Wild or, or not Wild, if you serve at Breakaway or Edge or any sort of thing that happens throughout the week or on Sunday morning, we want you here October 12th. So grab your phone right now, scan that if you're not already signed up because we want you to be here. It's going to be a lot of fun. You'll get more information. The second thing I want to tell you is if you call Kensington your home at all, if you haven't jumped into a serve team yet, which you should, but if you haven't yet, we have another event on October 18th that we're calling our Vision Night, our Orion Vision Night. We need you to register for that as well. There's going to be food on stage. We're going to have uh, Craig Mays, who's uh, the lead pastor of all of Kensington. Steve Andrews is going to be here, who's one of the founders of Kensington. Uh, Craig McGlasson will be up here. Alex Calder, who's like... Um, part of our strategy team and all of that. He's going to be up here. And Susan Welsh, who's our campus director, who's like the coolest person on the planet, she's going to be up here. And they're going to kind of recap the last year and then set vision for the new year and for this next year. And so make sure you mark your calendars. We want you here for the vision night. This is for anybody and everybody, whether this is your first Sunday or you've been here since, what, Adams High School? Is that where this was? Yeah, okay. So if you've been here since then, we want you here. Vision night is for you October 18th. So mark your calendars to be there, okay? 
<sighs> are you out of breath listening to me say all that? Because I'm out of breath saying that. So that's all the things that are kind of coming up here at the life of the Orient Campus. Now, today we're in week two of our series, Growing. And last week I was able to share at Clinton Township, but Craig was able to share here and lay the foundation for moving forward where we're talking about believing and how believing is the first step in the process. And so week two, it goes from believing to seeking. And so we're going to spend some time in that. I have my good friend, Rich Cologne, who is the lead pastor of Santos Church in Southwest Detroit. He's also a church planter and part of our sort of church planting network here at Kensington. He's going to be sharing with us today. And I promise you, you're going to laugh, you're going to cry, you're going to experience Jesus. It's going to be an awesome time together. So I'm super excited for Rich to come. No pressure, man. I just kind of just kind of set the bar for you. But Rich is going to come share. It's going to be great. But before we do that, the band's going to lead us in one more song to sort of focus our hearts, right? To, to sort of make ourselves receptive to what God has for us. So as they're playing this next song, I want you to just take a moment and maybe just quiet down, you know? Maybe just kind of check some of the stressors that are in your head that could be an apprehension for you to experience Jesus today. Because I believe with what we're talking about, man, I, honestly, this can change the trajectory of your entire life if we can really get a grasp on seeking God and experiencing his presence day in and day out. And so as the band leads this next song, I want to invite you to just put yourself in a posture, posture your heart, posture your soul to receive from Jesus today. I have climbed the highest mountains. I have run through the fields only to be with you. Only to be with you. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I have run.
When we begin our journey with Jesus, a tender shoot of faith breaks the surface of the dark soil and unfurls its two tiny leaves in the open air. The newness of life is exhilarating. The space, the light, the freedom. There is trust in this act of surfacing. There is risk, but only now is there potential for growth also. This new plant now relentlessly seeks the sun. It is not turning inward to produce growth, but instead is focused on reaching out toward the light. It tilts its leaves to absorb every last ray of sunlight, and at night yearns for daybreak. As it stretches towards the light, it grows up and out, spreading new leaves, becoming taller and fuller. at you real quick. We just had the nine o'clock service and they came to party. So I hope you guys came to really party. You guys ready for a good time? Good. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. All right. So first service I had, uh, I had them kind of by section make noise because I'm a, I'm a noisy person. Um, and silence like this is kind of hard for me. So I need to know you guys are with me. So I'm not going to have you by section make noise. Instead, I'm going to do a call and response with you real quick. So if you know it, just fill in the blank, okay? You guys ready? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. Okay, ready? We'll start easy. We will, we will. Okay. Let's see. What else we got? Okay, here we go. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> I couldn't even finish that one. That was so, oh my gosh. Okay. Y'all were on point with that. Good job. Okay. 
Let's see. We got another one. I don't know. I don't. I had another one. I just forgot it. Let's run that one back. Who let the dogs out? Okay. See now, right there, there's a debate that just got started. How many? Who? How many who's are there? I think three, but somebody over here did about seven. Y'all did the reverb too. Who? Good morning. My name is Rich. We're going to have a good time together. Um, like Sam said, I'm a, a pastor in a church uh, down in Detroit called Santos Church. We're in southwest Detroit. You may uh, know it or call it as Mexican town due to the large Hispanic population down there. We've been there for about two years, um, and it's been a ride, man. It's been such a learning experience, growing experience. We've seen God do a lot down there. And uh, I've known Pastor Sam and uh, his wife and that whole family for uh, man, a while now, like five years, maybe going on six years. It's been a while. I used to be Sam's youth pastor when Sam, all the crazy stuff he says up here to you, he's always done that. It doesn't stop. Um, you will be surprised at some of the stuff he comes up with sometimes, and you're not alone in that. Um, you're going to feel that a lot. I worked with him for five years, and uh, man, some of the most crazy laughter I've ever had and moments of shock I've ever had have come just being friends with Sam. And so <laughs> you, got a great, uh, you got a great team here and uh, my dear friends are here too. And so happy to be here. But because of your guys' generosity as a church, um, you guys have propelled our church in, in just doing what we've been doing. We're in the inner city. We've been there, like I said, for two years. And man, there's a lot of adversity in ministry, period, but let alone in, in urban inner city ministry uh, in Detroit. And so thank you just from me. You get to see a face. Um, Thank you from me and our church for your generosity because what, what, you, what you do here, you don't give here, you give through here. And it's, and it's impacted us. So thank you guys for that. Just wanted to take a moment and say that. But this morning, we are continuing in a series that you guys started last week. Week one of the series, if you remember, uh, was Believing. This is the first step, believing. If you don't remember or you weren't here, they have these cards. I believe they still have them at the door if you need them. But this kind of outlines the whole slow uh, of the series and what you're going to walk through together. But week one was believing because believing is the operative for how the rest of this stuff begins to take place. If we're talking about growing and growing in your faith and growing in relationship with Jesus, uh, number one, you have to make a decision to believe. Believing is a choice. Believing is a choice. If you don't believe that on a spiritual level, I know you at least believe it on a sports level because you guys are, a lot of you guys are probably Lions fans, right? And you guys choose to believe every year that it's gonna be different, but it's not. I say you guys because I'm originally from Colorado and I'm a Denver Broncos fan. Pause. We're terrible too. Now. I can at least remember the last few Super Bowls we've won. I don't know about the Lions, but... Just experiencing the first five games, or what are we, five? Five now? We're like two and three. The first five games that I have this season, it makes me really feel like I know Lions fans better because this is just y'all forever. So I am so sorry for what you have to go through, but props for your faith in this team, if you want to call it a team. But you choose to believe, right? You choose to believe in something. Despite what you feel, 
Despite what the numbers say, despite the information, despite all logic or all reason, when you believe in something, you give yourself to that thing and you hope for the best in it. You hope for certain outcomes in it. You choose to believe. And that all throughout scripture is the magic that really begins this process of following Jesus. You see, Jesus interacts with people a lot of times and what he says with them is kind of the linchpin for it all depends and hinges on their faith or their lack of faith, right? When Peter sank under the waves, he said, ye have little faith. When the soldier came to Jesus and asked to heal his servant back at home who wasn't even present, Jesus said, because of your faith, they have been made well, right? So like we see that belief in things becomes this this vehicle for all other things to take place. And the same is true with Jesus. Week two, which is what we are diving into today together, is seeking. Say seeking. 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 Hide and seek. Seeking. Harry Potter, they got the seekers in Quidditch. Seekers. Amen. Somebody just said yes. Amen. Amen. Harry Potter. Nope. We're not allowed to read that in my house. Keep that. I'm te- what I'm doing early on is testing how many of y'all are actually Christians. Y'all knew who let the dogs out? <laughs> what? And now Harry Potter, okay. Seeking is to attempt to find something or someone. If you're seeking, you are looking for something. This song is so perfect. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. We all are made with this innate like gap inside of us that, that only God could fill. Only God is meant to take home and residency in your heart. And so when we go through life looking for fulfillment in other things, we won't find it. What we're looking for is ultimately God. That requires us to seek, to attempt to find something or someone in this scenario. It, I would define it like this. Uh, Pursuing God with intentionality. I think this needs to be stated because in today's culture, we have become consumers. We get everything we want the fastest. Food's fast. Internet service is fast. Uh, If we have a hiccup with an app on our phone or an order that we place, it sends us into a frenzy, right? We got to get places quick on the highway. We got to have traffic moving in our direction. We live in the wrong state for that. Amen? Amen. I don't know how these roads need construction every year, but they do. It's crazy. Thank you, right? Like, it's wild. But we need things when we need them. We want things when we want them, right? And and so we become consumers because everything is just kind of handed to us. But in the realm of faith, and particularly with God, that's not how things work. God's timing is perfect. God's responses are perfect. The way God moves is infinitely higher than ours, scripture says. And so when we ask, or when we come to faith in Jesus and we want him to move on our time and do things when we want, how we want, we can oftentimes be left disappointed, right? So instead we go into this kind of uh, uh, coasting type of belief where we'll show up to church and because we show up to church, we believe that we're seeking after God where we do or don't say the right or wrong words around certain people, and we believe that that equates to seeking God. We do or don't listen to certain kinds of music or artists or watch certain shows or movies or things like this, and we believe that that equates to seeking God, but none of those things are actually seeking God. A lot of those things are cultural nuances and things that we pick up throughout living in faith and community together. And I'm not knocking them. Some of those things you should not watch or you should not listen to or you should uh, be very discerning with. But ultimately, that is not what seeking God looks like. 
Seeking God with intentionality doesn't mean letting faith happen to you. It means you are, are so curious and motivated about knowing who the person of God and Jesus is that you are actively moving towards him on a regular basis. You're leaning into him because you know that no matter how much you know him, there's always more to know. I've been married to my wife for um, almost 15 years now. We're high school sweethearts. We got three kids. And when we first started dating, things were like pretty surface level, right? You like, you get a lot of the fluff, right? Like our first date, I took her to uh, uh, Wendy's because I'm a baller. (laughs) I didn't even pay. She had to pay for herself. (laughs) Dollar menu. Can I get an amen? And a lot of our first conversations were kind of at that level. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? What's your favorite sports teams? What, right? And we, we're going through kind of like the preliminary surface level stuff. There's not a lot of depth there. But, but at that time and at that stage of our relationship, that's what seeking after her looked like for me. Right? Like just trying to get, her, get to know her in any way that I could. I was pursuing her actively because I was interested in her and who she was. And I saw the potential for our relationship to go further and deeper, so I sought after her. I pursued her. But it wouldn't make sense for us now after 15 years and three kids to keep having the same conversations, right? We grow together. We move through life together. She experiences things that that I don't and I haven't, and we grow together around those, and same with me. But then we have shared experiences where we together experience loss, where she has to uh, comfort me because I've gone through such tremendous grief, or me with her because she's lost somebody or something, or she's angry, or she, right? And these different dynamics as they present themselves in a relationship cause you to either, you come to a road, and we, and we see a lot of deterioration in relationships, even friendships now, because you come to this road and you can either lean out and go, yo, that's too much for me. I didn't sign up for all that. I got my own stuff to deal with. And so we lean away, and that, which is not pursuing, or we put all of the responsibility on that person to communicate to us, to bring us into things, to invite us into their life, right? Or the other option is we lean in. And because we love and because we're curious and we see the potential for growth there, we press in. How can I, how can I help you? How does this make you feel? How can I serve you better in this time? What can we do different next time? Right? Like you can, you can press in or you can take your hands off. And and what I'm saying today is this, is that after 15 years of marriage and three kids, we got no time to lean out. We only got time to lean in. We can only pursue each other more because if we stop actively pursuing each other, the relationship fails. And if that fails, I got nothing. And this morning, what I want to share with you and what I want to tell you about pursuit and seeking is that this is how God wants you to be pursuing him. Scripture tells us so many different things about Jesus and who he is and and his character. But then, and and it'll tell you, God is like this and God is like that and he's just and he's loving and he's kind and he's long-suffering and he's all these different things. But then it'll throw little little curveballs in there and say, but God is inexhaustible. Who can truly know him in the depths depths of all his riches and wonder? So, So what it's essentially saying is you know God to the measure that you know him, but there's still so much you don't know. And you have the opportunity this morning to say you believe in him, 
but then not want to seek him because the relationship doesn't draw you into that. It doesn't hit you in that kind of way. Maybe you don't value it that way. Maybe it's not what you thought it was. Maybe it's not what you signed up for. But the other option you have is to go, man, there is something about God. I know there's more to him. I know he has more for me. I know that there's a depth here that is never ending, but I just wanna keep learning and keep growing and keep diving with him. And as experiences in life change, I wanna change and adapt with him. This is what seeking God looks like. Scripture says it like this in Hebrews eleven six. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him Step one, must believe that he exists. But then step two is that after he believes that he exists, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Those are your first two weeks of this growing series. Take note here that this doesn't say he rewards those who go to church every week. He, he rewards those that don't say the cuss words in the rap songs that they listen to. That ain't me, I'm just saying. <laughs> you could find me in the club, partying on him. He said, keep that going. Amen, brother. Hey. Notice it doesn't say, because you don't post certain things on Facebook. Notice it doesn't say, God rewards those who type amen after the Jesus meme on Facebook. Notice it, right? Like all these different cultural things that we do that we think get us more uh, uh, like prestige with our faith, with, our, with people that see us, but, but it's not really about any of that. God doesn't reward those things. God rewards those who what? Who seek him, but how do they seek him? Earnestly, earnestly. That's a word that we don't use very often in today's world. I would earnestly like to, like we don't say that. What that word conveys is this passionate thing, this this urgency around it. Those who urgently, passionately, wholeheartedly seek after him are those who he rewards. This flies in the face of our current temperature of a church. We're passionate about church culture a lot. We're passionate about worship culture a lot. There's these microcosms within the church that we get really excited about, but how many people could say that they are just passionate about seeking the heart of God? Passionate about wanting to be the kind of person that Jesus wants them to be. How many of us wake up every day and go, today I need a fresh touch from God. Today I gotta get close to Jesus because yesterday's proximity ain't gonna hold me for the whole week. I need to be close to God today. Not a lot of us do that. We wanna buy the new shirt or the new shoes or we wanna go to the next thing or take a picture at the next conference or the next whatever. But but how many of us, when we reduce it down, just want proximity with Jesus because we're that thirsty to know him better? David is regarded as one of the greatest people in all of scripture. You'll hear about David more than most people that you hear about in the Bible. My wife did kids ministry for like 10 years, and man, I've talked about David to some four to 10-year-olds, man, more times than I could count. We've made slingshots. When we did preschool ministry, I walked on stilts and acted like a giant, and they all threw rocks at me, not real rocks, 
they all made paper balls and threw them at me. And I was like, oh, I fell down to illustrate slaying a giant. We talk about all this stuff. But if you take a deep look at David's life, man, there's some stuff in there. Y'all probably know the story of him with Bathsheba, right? Y'all know that story? It's pretty crazy. (laughs) It's like 50 shades crazy, you know what I'm saying? David was a freak, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And look, we get this picture of who David is. And if you really look at all the details, David had to, to draw near to God time and time again because life was just a mess a lot of times. David had a lot of closeness with God, but then he was very far from God. And the only way that we see him in scripture maintain this posture towards God is that he regularly seeks after him, goes back to the heart of God time and time again. So much so that scripture even calls David a man after God's own heart. You may have heard this before. And the idea is that he's in the likeness of God's heart. His heart mirrors God's heart, right? So he takes after God's heart. And similarity. But, but to get there, he had to get after God's heart and posture of his life. He had to pursue after him in such a way that he was so close to him on a regular basis, spending so much time seeking after him that it began to change who he was. So my little tidbit for you right here is, in order to take after God's heart, you have to get after God's heart. I played football for a little bit in high school. And when I'd go to practice, if there was a fumble, I, play, I played defense a little bit. And if there was a fumble or something, the coach would run up behind me. And if I wasn't moving quick enough to the ball, the coach would literally run up behind me and shove me on the back. You got to get after the ball. He'd just yell in my face, yell in my ear the whole time. You got to get after it. You got to move, right? And the getting after it. Come on, put, put some giddy up in your step. You got to move with some urgency, Rich. You got to get to that ball. Otherwise, somebody's going to get there before you, right? We have to get after it. What I'm telling y'all is that there's not a lot of people, there's a lot of people going to church today. There's not a lot of people who with a pure heart are getting after God's heart today. But this is how God wants us to know him. So in order to take after God's heart, you have to get after God's heart. You need to pursue after God's heart. So King David has a son named Solomon. And Solomon inherited the throne after David. So we get this little window into their conversation as David is ill, he's on his deathbed, he's communicating with Solomon. And parents, you know this to be true. The last thing you say to your kid before like they leave you for any amount of time, could be a sleepover, could be for school, could be for camp, could be for whatever, right? But the last thing you say is always the most pertinent information for you. Every day when I'm driving to school with my daughter, I say the same thing to her every time before she gets out of the car. We drive in, we pull up to her school, and we have a long conversation the whole way to school. She tells me all the, all the info on what's going on in class, who she's beefing with. I didn't know fourth graders could have such deep beef. It's like Tupac and B.I.G. <laughs> I don't talk to them because Adrian talks to Melanie, and Melanie looks at me funny, and I'm telling you, Daddy, if Melanie says something to me, and I'm like... <laughs> Just love each other, you know what I'm saying? Please, like, I don't, I don't want to get any calls while I'm at work. It gets deep out here, man. Fourth graders are dealing with it. But no matter what happens, when we pull up to the school, the drop-off section, she throws open the door, grabs her bag, and I say the same thing to her every day. I say, te quiero, mommy, which is, I love you. 
And then I say, Dios te bendiga, which is God bless you. God is with you today. She says, I know, daddy, I love you too. Shuts the door and goes to school. Last thing I say to her every single day, every day. And then I roll down the window. And right when she's about to walk into the door, all of her classmates are right there. I roll down the window and I go, I love you. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not at all playing. I do it so much that the teachers know it's coming now. They block the door until I do it so they don't let her miss it. She walks to the front door and they stand in front of the door and they go, and she's like, I love you. And she's like, I love you too, daddy. And they're like, okay, come on, bye-bye. <laughs> they just know. Wonder why? Because the most important thing I want her to take with her to school is that I love you, God is with you. And then I shout it from the car window just be a little extra because that's how it is sometimes, right? But then also to kind of make this implied statement that I love you so much, I don't care who looks at me like I'm crazy. I want them to hear that I love you so much I'm willing to look like a fool, right? And I want her to start her day off by going, my dad loves me. My dad reminded me that God is with me today, right? That's the most important thing I could give to her before she starts her school every day. So David, last chance he has to talk to his son is leaving him with the most pertinent information he could give him. And this is what it says in 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9. It's David talking to Solomon. He says, and my, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father. Serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. And if you seek him, he will be found by you. Before he leaves, and his son's about to become king. And he's not running down the different relations with different nations and different things he needs to learn about. He's not going over military strategy. He's not, he's not doing any of that. What he's getting after here is this. Go after God with wholehearted devotion, with a willful mind. Don't, don't have stuff with God. Don't be lukewarm with God. Don't do one foot in and one foot out. Don't think that you got it cut just because you're going to, going to temple every day. Don't think, it, don't think you got it right just because you're my son and I had a close relationship with God so you're living off of my faith. Don't think that any of that is what makes God happy because God searches every heart, Solomon. God can see the actual intentions in your heart and he knows if you're playing games. So don't play games with God is what he's saying. Go after God with fervor. Go after God wholeheartedly. Go after God willingly. And then what he says at the end is this. Because if you do that, if you seek after him, he will be found by you. Don't, don't cheat yourself out of a relationship with God. Seek God is the best thing he could tell Solomon as he takes the throne. Seek after God because then God will be found by you. Scripture echoes this over and over. I'll just give you two more examples. Jeremiah 29, 13 and 14 says this, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart or with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Psalm 63 verse one says it like this, you God, this is David writing earlier on in life. So you can see that David's, living out what he was just telling Solomon. He says, you God are my God. 
and earnestly I seek you. Look at, look at the extent he goes to here. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. My whole being longs for you. Wow. You come home, come home after work every day, you just went through some stuff. Y'all got that boss that you don't like. You got that coworker that gossips to you all day. Or your kid is wiling out. You got fourth grade drama breaking out too. Your kid, like my kid, is coming home crying because she got a B plus instead of an A minus, and she tried to get on principal's honor roll. These are the problems my daughter brings to me. She's like, I'm like, your dad had consistent Ds forever, so God has been faithful. <laughs> Whatever it is, when you bring that home, what's your first reaction? You sit down on the couch and go, God, I just need a touch from you. Or you sit down on the couch and go, all right, everybody get away from me. Nobody talk to me. I don't want to talk to nobody right now. I don't want to see nobody right now. I'm not in the mood. I don't know how y'all get down. That's how I get down. I did that two days ago. Everybody upstairs right now, go. But daddy, what do we, I don't care what you do. You're not doing it in front of me for the next 30 minutes. Get away from me. I thought you loved me. <laughs> Not right now. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what would it look like if our impulse, if our reaction in those tensions of life was to call it what it is? You, you, you and I know together that those are spiritual things. Those come from a deep-rooted spiritual place. That the things that you see and you do deal with are all byproducts. They're all symptoms of the same condition that's underlying. And the underlying thing is that there's something spiritually calling out to you. God is making himself known to you in that. It's like God is turning around going, listen, if you just seek me, you will find me. You need help. You're tired. You're anxious. You're stressed. You have doubts. You feel lost. Seek me. Don't go halfway with me. Just go all in with me for, for a second. And when you do, I promise that there you will find me. It's almost like seeking God as a destination, like a place, right? Which is funny because seeking is, is, is an ongoing action. But in the seeking, in that place of actively seeking and going after God, God says, that's where I'm at. If you want to meet with me, just start seeking after me and I'll find you in that place. Just get your feet moving. Get your mind moving. Get your mouth and your heart moving. Start praying. Start worshiping. And there in that seeking is where you will find and encounter my presence. How are you seeking God today? I got four really manageable ways where if you need a kickstart in getting after God, four really easy ways that could get you going. There's, there's a lot more than this, honestly. You can get creative, you can make it your own, but four really manageable ways you could do this is scripture. A lot of us claim that we don't hear the voice of God, but then we don't read God's word. Scripture. Here's my tip for scripture. Scripture is like this, quality over quantity. I don't care that you read 66 books of the Bible on your Bible reading plan. 
if at the end of the year you still act the same, feel the same, can't remember nothing you read. If you read one book for the entire year, but you meditated on it, if it caused real life change, deep growth, it started being employed in your daily life to where it had physical like implications for you, real implications for you, that's always the goal. Make sure you're not racing to read a lot because reading a little and getting a lot out of it is always better. Number two, prayer. You talking to God? We, we all know we talk to each other, right? Some of us could talk, you know what I'm saying? Some of us could talk. Look, I'm just saying, look, all I'm saying is, here's what I heard. You know, and her husband's mad at her all the time because I see that. And guess what, girl, if I was married to her and she act like that, I'd be acting like her husband too, you know what I'm saying? Y'all really gonna act like y'all don't do that? Maybe it don't sound like that, but maybe you'd be in people's comment section on Facebook. Well, I'm just saying a real Bible-believing Christian would do this instead. I've been a Christian for 27 years, and I've never done... But you still can't get off Facebook, though? Like, come on. We could talk. You talking to God that much? Conversations matter. You know, prayer is a conversation. So with prayer, here's my tip for you. Take time to talk to God. Have a conversation with God, but spend as much time, if not more, listening for God's voice and discerning what he's telling you. It's a two-way street. Don't just talk at God. Listen for God. Number three, journaling. Pretty simple. Journal your thoughts. Journal your honest feelings. Journal what you're worried about. Journal what you're stressed about. I had a moment like this not too long ago where I wrote down, God, I need to see this happen. God, I want to see this happen. I'm praying for this. And then, and then a few months went by. I picked back up my journals, you know, almost had scrolled back, flipped back the physical pages and found that page. And I just read over what my prayer requests were. And like all the things that I wrote down, God had taken care of. And in that moment, guess what? If I didn't reflect on that, if I didn't have that, written memory, I wouldn't be able to, like, I would have just moved right beyond what God did. But in that moment, I was able to look at it and stop and go, God, thank you for answering those prayers. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you that this is here, that I could even just be reminded that you came through. And if you did it here, it gives me the faith and confidence to know you'll do it there. Journaling. And then worship. Worship, this is pretty self-explanatory. It should, it, it should be pretty self-explanatory, but it's not always. Listen, when you're worshiping, you're not just reciting the words on a screen. You shouldn't be reciting the words on the screen. And I ran out of that grave. Out of the To your glorious day. And then you start clapping on the one and three to make it worse. You know what I'm saying? Like... Golly, with worship, remember who you're singing to. Remember all he's done for you. Remember that where two or three are gathered, his presence is already here in attendance. And so they're not leading a performance for you to enjoy. They're leading a song for you to engage with to lift up Jesus. Intentionality. These things oftentimes are right in front of us, but we're not intentional with them. So we stop seeking, we stop growing. 
Listen, this morning, I don't know where you're at in your faith. But we all have a tendency to get off track sometimes. We all have a tendency to feel like, I don't know. We all have a tendency to doubt. We all have a tendency to wonder. I'm not telling you that that's not real. And I'm not saying you're not doing enough. Maybe you should just start seeking God or praying more. Or do, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's, it's your fault. None of, none of that. What I am saying is this, God promised. God promised that if we would seek him, we would be found by him. And God promised that he rewards those who earnestly pursue him. If you came in here today feeling tired, if you came in here today feeling like you don't know about Jesus, if you came in here today feeling like, man, I've done all the hoping I could do, I've done all the wishing I could do, I've gone to all the Bible studies I could go to, I've heard Craig preach, Sam preach, everybody preach, I've, done, I've, I've had enough. I had a brother pull me aside this morning after the first service, and he said, I'm usually a patient person, but I'm done waiting. Man, that's deep. You just reached the end of your road. Maybe you're at that place. Maybe you feel like you've given this all you give it. Maybe you feel like you've given it all the time that you need to. However you came in this morning, let me, let me just encourage you. When we seek after God wholeheartedly, God is there in the midst. Maybe he's speaking a different way than you thought. Maybe he's leading you into a different area of growth or experience. But it's just like marriage, like I talked about earlier. With my wife, we don't always have the same outcome. We don't always have the same conversations when we experience things. My wife, sometimes we wake up and that's a choice. Sometimes she, she just ain't feeling it and I don't blame her. I'm saying she wake up and roll over and look at me and go, oh God. <laughs> it wasn't a dream. You make a choice to keep pursuing. You make a choice to keep moving. You make a choice to keep believing. God promised. God doesn't break a promise. God is not a man that he should lie. If he promised, he'll do it. If he said it, he'll keep it. Seek after God today if you need something fresh. My last reminder for you is this, John 15, verses four and five. If you think that you've sought enough, if you think that you're gonna reach a place where you'll never have to seek God, I did that, I've arrived. Some of us in this room might even be at that place. I've arrived. I've been a Christian for this long and I got it. I know the ins and outs of this thing. You don't arrive in faith. John 15 verses four and five says it like this. Remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit all by itself. It must remain in the vine. So neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Because I am the vine and you are the branches. And if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. 
Somebody this morning needs to hear that. Apart from God, I don't know what you're entertaining right now in your life, but apart from God, separated from the pack, outside of his presence, is not where you're going to find life. It's not where you're going to find growth. It's not where you're going to find promise. It's not where you're going to find purpose. It's not where you're going to find peace. It's not where you're going to find joy. Jesus says, remain in me. And if you just keep going with me, you will bear fruit. I don't have this in my notes, but this just, this reminds, I was driving in the car the other day and my daughter, she says, daddy, why do the, why do the, why do the leaves change colors in the seasons? I said, well, it's actually, it's kind of weird, but it's actually the process of them dying. Like as they die, they lose their color. And then they die completely and the trees are branchless or the, tree, the branches are leafless. But then when the new season starts and the new cycle starts, life is restored and the process happens all over again. And she said, wow, I'm not joking. She said, she said wow. So even when they're dying, even when they're losing leaves, it's still kind of beautiful, right? I said, yeah, my wife was in the passenger seat. She said, wow, you need to write that down. That's a whole book right there. Like it's one of those moments where it just happens and you're like, well, that was Jesus, right? What I wanna tell you is this. This morning you may have walked in feeling like you've sought after God all that you can and your branches are still leafless. You feel like your life isn't bearing fruit. You're not progressing the way that you want to. Listen, Jesus says, if you just remain in me, you will go through seasons and cycles of things. You will endure a process, but life has not ultimately left you. There's beauty in the process that you're going through. And if you just abide in me, if you just remain in me, if you just keep seeking me, I will meet you there and there will be restoration. There'll be a restorative process that takes place. You will bear fruit. There will be life that flows through you, but you have to abide in me because apart from me, you will be lifeless. And this morning, the best thing I can tell you is this, as far as growing in God goes, is that you will go through cycles. You will endure processes that hurt. You will have to repeatedly make the choice to believe. You will have to repeatedly tell yourself, remind yourself who God is, so you just keep moving and keep pursuing. But if you remain in him, he will be faithful to do what he said, to fulfill his promise to you, to bring life and to bear fruit in your life. And you will keep growing the way that he intends you to. Let me pray for you this morning. Dear Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are the author, the creator of life. Jesus, thank you that even when we don't have all the answers, we don't have it figured out, Jesus, you do. You don't call us to have all the answers, to have all the words, to know the next move, you just call us to trust. Jesus, this morning for anybody, anybody who's feeling lost, feeling like they're floating, feeling like they don't know the next step to take in their faith. They don't know if you're there. 
They don't feel hope. Jesus, I pray that you would restore that to them. Jesus, that now your presence would fill them. Jesus, that your word would abide in them. And that if nothing else, Jesus, they know that you are faithful to keep your word. And your word to us is, if you would just seek me wholeheartedly, there you will find me. Jesus, you promised that we would be found, or that you would be found by us. So help us to seek in Jesus, you promised to reward those who do it wholeheartedly. So God, help us to follow you passionately, earnestly, and meet us there, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen. Amen, would you worship with us one more time?
So our hope and prayer for you today is that you continue in this process of growing, that you would go from believing to seeking. If you came in, you may have seen some of these on the tables in the back. On your way out, you can grab one. And it kind of goes through the entire process that we're covering over the next five weeks. If you want to go to kensingtonchurch.org growing, we have some additional content as well, some videos, a place where you can see this and kind of dig into it a little deeper. But it's going through the process of believing, seeking, knowing, loving, and obeying in that order, in that cycle. And so if you're here today and you'd like some prayer, if you'd like someone to pray with you, pray for you, we have prayer partners that come up to the front every single Sunday and they're here because they want to pray with you. They don't feel weird. They don't feel awkward. They want to pray with you. And so if you want to, we'll have that available as well. Also, if you're looking for next steps to get involved and to continue seeking God together, visit us at the hub. We'd love to see you there as well. But uh, can we just take a second and thank Rich one more time for bringing that word today. 
That was so awesome, so powerful. Thank you so much for being here, man. Appreciate you and love you. Um, make sure you come back and you join us next week as we continue our growing series. Deal? Deal. Awesome. Love you guys. And if you can, say a prayer for the Lions. They're struggling. They need, they need a, a touch of the Lord, okay? So take that with you. Love you guys. You've been listening to the Kensington Church Podcast. If you've enjoyed this recording, check back weekly for new content. You can find Kensington on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and of course, at kensingtonchurch.org.